let me transition us into uh, today's scripture reading. I'll be reading from Isaiah 43, verses 15 to 21. I'm reading the English Standard Version. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Um... Thank you guys for praying for me. Uh, I, I shared last week, uh, I was in a lot of pain. I couldn't really uh, sit or stand uh, last week. So after you guys, after Sunday, I was able to get a doctor's visit on Monday. And then when I went on Monday, the, I mean, this was a highly recommended doctor, big hospital uh, near Kimpo Airport. And he was like, my schedule is full. Like, I can't do surgery this week. Possibly, I could do it in maybe next week. So I just begged him. I said, yo, I got to tell you, I, I need this bad. I'm in pain. Our, our church is moving. And the guy said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know why, but I want to help you. So he came on his break. And he got me a slot on, on Tuesday. So Monday I went in. Uh, my brother Lee drove me. And I told, I told Lee, hey, you just got to leave me here. Like, leave me here. Uh, I just... You know, put myself into the hospital. They did COVID test. Uh, did like seven, eight tests on Monday. Tuesday, the doctor got me in. I think during his like dinner break, he got me in. Uh, amazing. I feel amazing. Uh, I got to be careful. It's moving day. Lois is scared that I may touch something. So make sure you don't let me touch anything today. But thank you guys for praying. I feel a whole lot better. Um, Korea has got amazing doctors. So thankful for that. Um, so today as we are celebrating our final day in this location uh, and as we, are, we make this anticipated move towards a new part of the city um, I thought it would be wise for us to look at Isaiah 43 and 44 um, you know the message of hope that was just read by our, our Pastor John found in Isaiah 43 and 44 uh, was given to God's people uh, as they were also in, in the middle of a big transition. Let me give you the context so sort of understand why we're in Isaiah 43 this morning. Uh, the book of Isaiah, very interesting book, highly studied, uh, wonderful, confusing, hard, difficult book. First 39 chapters of Isaiah it's really Isaiah's words of judgment, or God's words of judgment and hope for the nation Israel. And, and chapter 39 concludes with Isaiah predicting, telling God's nation that you're going to end up in Babylon because of your disobedience. 
And in and, and chapter 40, there is a shift of tone. And chapter 40 begins with this wonderful sense of hope and encouragement. Um, and, and many scholars, most scholars believe Isaiah 40 and 55 was written not by Isaiah himself, but one of the disciples of Isaiah uh, during the latter part of Babylonian exile. Uh, 587 B.C., the Babylonians occupied Jerusalem and took some of its best men and women into captivity to Babylon. Last year, we were in the book of Daniel. Remember that story? Daniel and his friends. Uh, the background of that story is from 587 B.C. and on for the next 70 years. Um, and now, the, by the time the, the chapters 40 and 55 were given to God's people, it's about five decades into their Babylonian exile. That's what most scholars believe. So it's really near the end of their time. God said, hey, you're going to go to Babylon for 70 years. So it's about, about 60 years on. So if you can imagine, God's people have been taken captive. And a generation has passed. Most of the people that, that are hearing this message, most of the Jews that are hearing this message were born in Babylon in a foreign land as slaves. So by, the, by this time, the message was given to God's people. Right? It was during the years of major moments of crisis in their faith. It's during these moments of crisis of faith, God's message of hope, Isaiah chapter 40 to 55, is given. And we're going to be in chapter 43. Part of that is what we're going to be looking at. Um, and I see three reminders as we are in transition into a new place. Hi. Hi, Naomi. All right. There's Naomi over here. Um, we see as we are also in transition, God's people are in transition. There are three reminders, three things, three simple things that God wanted his people to remember. The first thing, they all have to do with remembering, right? One is remember the wonderful things that God has done amongst you. Two is remember the new thing that God will do. And three, remember he's the redeemer. So one, remember the wonderful things that God has done. If you look at verses 14 to 17 in chapter 43, these verses challenge God's people to look back to their time of exodus. Their time of exodus. Where they, okay, Naomi, I think you need help. Come here, Naomi. I think you need to go down this way. One second. Come here, Naomi. Can you come here? And daddy's going to come pick you up. This is Naomi. Everyone say hello. You made it back here. There we go. Say hello. First thing, so cute. Um, that's not what Adam's thinking right now, but so cute. Um, first, remember the wonderful things, right? Chap verses 14 to 17, really what... Uh, the message of Isaiah is look back to your time in Egypt. Look back to the time of Exodus when you guys were leaving Egypt out of slavery, when God was freeing you, the Egyptian army, the chariots, right? Those, that's the passage. The chariots, the army was after you. And when you were backed up against the wall, God opened the Red Sea. And you were able to escape. And God judged the Egyptians in that moment. So, so to the people that are stuck in, in, in Babylon and looking forward 
to this transition, knowing that this transition is coming, what Isaiah is telling them in verse 14 to 17 is that, remember, Yahweh is your Savior. And not only during the time of their exodus, but throughout their history, what God is, throughout the scripture, God tells his people, remember, remember, remember what I have done, where I have brought you out of. And again, God is, rem- God is reminding them, hey, my promises are true. So, so when fears and doubts and discouragement, they were creeping in, they are to look back. They are to look back to their history to find courage in order to move forward. And in a similar way, as we celebrate our final Sunday in this space called Medusa, uh, and make this transition to a new part of the city, we can go with utmost confidence. Yes, there are obvious challenges, right? To think about this move, moving our community in the middle of pandemic, moving our community, going into a new neighborhood, new space, new service time, 1.30 service. All we know is 11 o'clock. New relationships. Now we're going to be working with this Korean church. And already as, you know, we are working out the contracts and things like that, I could see there will be challenges. Nunchi, like do you guys know Nunchi? Nunchi is like the ability to read the room. I realize the Nunchi, my Nunchi has to get to another level to work and understand these relationships. Yes is not always yes. No is always a no, right? Sort of thing. Um, yet, Yet King's Cross, let's look back at last three and a half years. God has been proven to be faithful time after time after time. I remember three and a half years ago when we were looking to plant our church, we knew it was going to be Wang Shimni. We just had no idea where we were going to meet. I remember trying to meet somebody from Hanyang University thinking maybe God would give us space there. They got a lot of buildings, the big university. I met with so many people and nobody could help us get into Hanyang University. And I thought, man, where are we going to find space to worship? As time was getting closer to that September launch date, I was worried. Yet, you know, we had no leads, no relationship with this mall. All I did was simply call the number that was on our website, and I just said, hey, we want to rent from you. And from then on, God just opened the way for us to be able to meet in this space. And God made it possible for us to plant here and grow. Who would have thought in a place called Medusa, we would worship God, that we would baptize people, that we would take communion, that we would dedicate our children. Yet, friends, countless people have come to worship the Lord last three and a half years. Countless people have given their lives or rededicated their lives onto the Lord in this place. And we've hosted other organizations in this city. We've invited organizations in the city to use our space and other city initiatives. We blessed the mall. We sang carols in the middle of this mall every, every Christmas. So as we... As we Celebrate our final Sunday in this space. Let us celebrate. Let us really celebrate and give thanks for all that God has done through and in this space. And allow these wonderful memories. I mean, we should have done a slideshow and things like that. I was out all week and, and our staff was busy with just preparing. But, but let's remember 
the wonderful memories to give us courage as we embark on this new journey. Amen? Amen? So first, advice is remember all the wonderful things that God has done. Second, remember the new thing that God will do. And Isaiah says, put away, forsake, forget the formal ways. It's confusing. Is it to remember or is it to forsake? Verse 18 and 21, Isaiah says, remember, and then tells the people to forsake and forget the formal things and do not dwell on the past. And you're like, why? Why forsake and forget? The key is in verse 19. Immediately, Isaiah says, because God is going to do a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. So yes, we are as community as we Think about transitioning to a new part of the city. Yes, we are to remember the wonderful things that God has done, yet those experiences must not bind us. You know, I talked to a lot of my friends that are pastors in this city. And all of us are somewhat really, really uh, a bit depressed when we think about church attendance and people coming to church and many of us imagine, hey, if we get vaccinated in September or October or November, maybe our desires, man, everyone's going to be back at church and things are going to be back to 2019. But, you know, one of the things that God's been really convicting me about this whole season is that, hey, church will never be the same. Like the way we do church, the way we do community doesn't have to be the same. And I think in the same way as we move and as Israel is told, we are to remember the faithfulness of God. But God, our God that we serve, our God that we follow, He is God of not old but new. You see, it's all too easy to get lost in the past, to make too much of the past and too little of the present. That's too easy as an organization, as individuals. It's so easy for us to get, up, get, get caught up in our past, past glories, and not forget that we have to live life today. So, so the Lord calls these exiles and, and our community to shift our attention from the past to see the amazing things that God's going to accomplish today in and through us. It's like this. Most of the kids, most of our kids want to eat the same thing. My first daughter, Emma, she loves mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, I mean, how can you not love cheese and carbs? That's just amazing. Um, and so one of our church members, he's a main chef at one of these vegan restaurants. And I'm not a vegan. I don't look vegan. I'm not vegan. But uh, we do love vegan food, and we do love the food there. So one time we were there. It's usually we drop off the kids to daycare or kindergarten, and Lois and I go for, like, lunch dates. And we one day... Uh, we, we saw in the menu there was mac and cheese, and it was like $14. It was the most expensive mac and cheese we've ever bought. But we're like, hey, you know what? Let's take some home. You know, Emma's going to like it. So we, 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 we packed it. We took it home, and we said, Emma, here's mac and cheese. And she got super excited, and we opened up this mac and cheese, gourmet, fancy. You know, it got basil on, spread on top of it. And guess what? Emma looked at it. Emma took a bite, and she said, this ain't mac and cheese. And, and she pointed to our countertop because we, we have those, you know, craft mac and cheese. We have them lined up, like 20 of them. Every time someone goes to the stage, we're like, get, get us a mac and cheese. That's what Emma wants. She wants $1 box pre-made mac and cheese. Right? And, and, and in similar ways, too often, 
I think that's the picture of us when we, in relationship to God. When God wants to show us something new, wants us to experience something new, wants us to taste something new, all we want is, God, we just want mac and cheese in a box. We don't want the real thing. We're just happy with, you know, Hot Pockets instead of pizza. So one of other encouragements through this passage that Isaiah wants to give, whether it's as us as a church, but you as his son's son and daughter is, trust me. You know, as you make this transition, as we make this transition, God is bringing a new season over our community. Right? He's not just going to move us and we're going to do the same thing that we've been doing in this space. Although that's been wonderful, I think we've got to move with this expectation that God is going to do something new. God is going to do something new in and through this season. But how do we know that God is for us? How do we know that God is not against us? Right? Verse 20, Isaiah reassures us and the people that are hearing this message. We know that God is for us because we know his character. Verse 20 Part B in 21, it says, I'm going to provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I have formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Isaiah says, you are God's chosen people. You are God's covenantal people. God is God of his covenant, and he is keeping that covenant Right? Isaiah says, verse 21, you have been formed. This word formed in the original language gives us this image of a potter and clay. That God is the true potter and we are his clay. And he has formed us so that we could bring praise to his name. Notice Isaiah in verses 20 to 21. Notice Isaiah doesn't promise people there will be no more suffering. Because he talks about wasteland and wilderness. He doesn't say there will be no more hardship, no more difficulty, no more challenging times. No, however, Isaiah does say, no matter what you may face tomorrow, you may be in the wilderness, you may be in the wasteland, you may be in places that you do not want to be in, but truth is, he's going to be with you. He's going with you. And he's going to make a way with you in that very place. So friends, as we make this transition from Wangshimdi to Jamshir, we're going to face new challenges. We're going to face new, new sort of hardships and things. Yet we can face them with utmost confidence because of this one truth, that God is with us, that God is going before us, and God is making a way. Remember, God is doing a new thing. Third and the final remembrance is found in verse 25. So now Isaiah turns the audience, their attention to their sin and their struggles. Verses 22 to 24 is really about how Israel has failed to obey the Lord. Really, it's, it's the summary of first 39 chapters You've done all these religious things. You've brought all these sacrifices, yet you've robbed the widows and the orphans. Yet you have wronged people, yet you have not lived right. Your worship, your religion has not led you to live in the right way, 
to love in the right way. But what's interesting is, verse 25, Isaiah doesn't say, you got to change. You got to do better. You got to figure this thing out. What does Isaiah say in verse 25? And this is the third and final remembrance. Isaiah says, this is what the Lord says, I am the Lord, he who blots out your transgressions. And I'm going to do that for my own sake. Remember your sins no more. This is a covenantal language. What Isaiah is saying is, I'm not making you holy. I'm not cleaning up your sin and shame because of your own sake. Because I have made this covenant to be your God and you are my chosen people. Because of that covenant, because of my name, I'm going to wash you clean. I'm going to blot out your sin. So friends, how can we move in faith? How can we move in confidence? It's verse 25. It's not our righteousness. It's not our effort. It's not our holiness that will lead us out of this place and into a new place, but it's God's doing, God's payment, and God promises He's going to wash away our sins and shame, and He's going to make a new way. And that's what He's done for the people of God in verse 25. So friends, it's only when we recognize who we are in God. What Isaiah is encouraging God's people to do is remember who you are through God, not who you are without God. Without God, you are a sinner. Without God, you are a failure. Without God, you are simply in captive in Babylon and you have no name, no identity. And Isaiah says, but in God, because of what God will do, because of that covenantal relationship, you're righteous, you're holy. You're more than right to be able to move forward and go back to Jerusalem and build the city once again. And he's reminding people, I am your redeemer. You are not your redeemer. And as we stand on the other side of this revelation, we know that these wonderful promises of God to wash away the sin of his people only became reality by God giving his own son. Friends, this is the gospel. Jesus, the son of God, the one who was without sin, became sin for us. The one without any sort of blemish and failure became sin for us. And it's only through his faithful, sinless life and his sacrificial death and his powerful resurrection we are renewed and made worthy. And as we think about moving forward from this place, yes, we celebrate God's goodness. But again, yes, we forsake thinking that God will do the same thing in the new place that what he's done. But most importantly, we know we could only go in true confidence because of what God has done for you and I, what God has done for our church. Our church's name is King's Cross. We have a king who went to the cross so that we can be his people. Let me pray for us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful reminder.
We thank you for this truth. We thank you for these words of encouragement through Isaiah. And Lord, we just pray that you would continue to do a new thing in us. Lord, as we move to a new part of the city with new relationships and new challenges and new joys, I pray that you would fill us up. I pray for those that, are, that, are, that, are, that will be coming to our new, new location, those, in the field, those that will be baptized, those that will be dedicating their children. I pray, Lord, in advance that you would continue to move forward. And we just thank you, Lord, for this amazing space in Medusa. Uh, four years ago, we would have never thought you would place us here and place that's called Medusa, place of curse and brokenness that you would bring us here to sing praises of your name, Lord. We thank you. We love you. Give us courage, God. Give us strength today. Just in we pray. Amen.